This is an AMI podcast. All my life, I've had an active imagination. As a little girl, while playing with my My Little Ponies, each of them had their own voice, which was narrated by me. All of my Charmkins were able to have extensive conversations. Once again, thanks to narration by me. When I was playing with my plastic toy kitchen all by myself, conversations were definitely being had. I'm sure my parents wondered from time to time about the array of fictional voices that poured from my playroom. But then again, out of my parents' two kids, I was not the one that had an imaginary friend named Sally. So... Perhaps I actually did look like the more balanced child after all. As I continue to grow up and even into adulthood, I admit that I occasionally still talk to myself out loud. I've learned that this typically happens when I'm trying to concentrate really hard on a task. I kind of just walk myself verbally through the steps, I suppose. Over the years, my husband has abruptly come into the kitchen or the office a few times asking me, who are you talking to? I usually just giggle and say, relax, I'm just talking to myself. I'm just trying to figure something out. Again, I'm not entirely sure if this is typical by any standards, and I'm not trying to portray that I have mental health issues or extensive conversations with myself. It's more so just a sporadic sentence here or there. However, at times, when I'm out walking with Lulu, they can turn into some quite interesting one-liners. If I'm being honest, at least a couple of times a week, while Lulu and I are walking, I let out a, holy crap, oh my goodness, oh boy, or even a quiet giggle. I try to filter and only let out the G-rated words, keeping the more inappropriate words to myself. My intermittent, colorful conversation that I have with Lulu as we're walking down the street has absolutely nothing to do with her amazing guiding abilities, but more so, they're just provoked by various elements of surprise. I honestly still can't comprehend how going for a simple walk can turn into such circus-like moments. I'm Becky Zarr, and this is The Blind Reality. I'm just so grateful to have Lulu right by my side at these times. It's pretty obvious, but I do think that my guide dog is the best. I could literally spend an entire episode talking about just how fantastic she is, how wonderful her traits are, and how her intelligence continues to baffle me. But that being said, I'm pretty sure that most other guide dog handlers probably feel the exact same about their dog. It's kind of like being a super proud parent, thinking that you have the most adorable greatest child ever, Yet, every other mom feels the exact same way about their child, leading you both to succumb and acknowledge that any debate would be completely pointless and never-ending. 
Anyway, my point is, she is amazing. After only one year, she has impacted my life in so many ways that I can't even begin to explain. If I was to paint a descriptive picture of Lulu, to help you get to know her, there's so much that comes to mind. She has a shiny black coat with these big brown eyes. Her ears perk up when she hears a familiar voice or an exciting sound. She's on the smaller side of her lab slash golden retriever breed. And when she gets excited, she not only wags her tail, but her whole bum begins to shimmy back and forth happily. Her nose is always in overdrive especially when she's outside walking after a fresh rain. When learning a new route, she definitely extends in her orientation by taking in the scents around her. But, like me, her favorite place to sniff the air is in the bakery section of a grocery store. With the smell of fresh-baked bread, cookies and brownies surrounding her, Lulu can't help but to slow the speed of her walk causing her to drool just a bit. There is not one person that I've introduced her to that she hasn't liked. She's pretty sure that she should be friends with everyone. I also think that when Bennett's friends come over, she thinks that they're actually there to see her instead of him. For being a young dog, she can be remarkably obedient and low-key. She takes her job super seriously. And when she is working and a random person tries to interact with her, I'm pretty sure that she just looks at them, rolls her eyes at them as if to say, Come on, people. Get a hold of yourself. I know I'm cute, but clearly I'm working here. Treats are amongst her highest priority. Whether they're crunchy or soft, fruit flavor or liver, to Lulu, they're all delicious. I can tell that she tries to get into my mind and figure out just how she can get as many treats that day out of me as possible. But let's be honest, she most definitely earns them. That all being said, at this moment, I could try and portray that my life has achieved total perfection. I could say that my amazing guide dog is completely perfect, and as a result, she has remedied any and every issue in my life. I could allude to the fact that we simply have no flaws, but that is simply not true. I don't want to overshadow the fact that she is amazing intelligent and has brought warmth to my life in places that once felt so lost and cold. I most definitely would not give her up or ever want to revert back to using a cane, but with anything, I kind of think that perfection is totally overrated. But instead, I'm just who I am. And Lulu is my helper, my eyes, and my guide. But she's also a dog. In fact, she is a three-year-old Golden Retriever Lab mix, which means that there are innate characteristics built within her genetics and DNA that color her personality and make her into the complete dog that she is. Lulu is very strong-willed, 
and I totally recognize that I can really learn a lot from her. Somehow, without her verbalizing even one word, she's able to achieve exactly what she wants. For example, one winter day, we went for a walk in the park, and instead of walking us back home afterwards, she decided to pivot slightly in direction, and we walked over to another park. Initially, I totally didn't notice this slight change in direction at all, because winter is the worst for me. Every day is whiteout conditions, no matter what the forecast says. I also, at that time, was totally reluctant to utilize a GPS navigation system. As a result, our half-hour walk through one park totally transitioned into a two-hour walk with a personal escort home from a total random stranger. You know, I totally can't blame Lulu exclusively for this extended, memorable excursion. But let's just say I've learned to never leave home without my GPS. Lulu is spectacular at reading people, and it most definitely didn't take her long to figure out that my dad is a total softie when it comes to pretty much any animal. She now knows that if she wants to play with him in the backyard, all she has to do is perch herself in front of him, groan and moan very dramatically while looking him in the eye. That, combined with her cuteness factor, can absolutely guarantee that she's going to get her way with him. Some would call this manipulation, but my dad just refers to it as part of their special relationship. If it was up to Lulu, I would spend at least three to five hours a day giving her a belly rub, brushing her hair, or simply just sitting beside her on the floor scratching her ears. But I do live a fairly typical life where laundry needs to be done, meals need to be cooked, and work commitments need to be completed. So at times, as disappointing to her as it is, Lulu does need to entertain herself for a small period of the day. She's actually usually pretty good at this, but you can totally tell when she feels that I've packed my schedule just a bit too tight. One day, while on an afternoon Zoom call, I remember being startled when I heard what sounded like a small object ricocheting and bouncing its way down my stairs as it made its way from the second floor down to the main floor where I was seated. This sound was quickly followed by what sounded to me like a charging herd of uncoordinated cattle. But nope. When I made my way over towards the stairs, I found Lulu at the bottom, wagging her tail with her hippo toy in her mouth. Apparently, she decided to take her game to the next level by standing at the top of the stairs and throwing her toy down them as she chased after it quickly. Another slight flaw that separates Lulu and I from total perfection that has not been remedied over the last year, but actually I feel has been slightly precipitated even further, is totally related to me and my uncontrollable need to wave to everyone. Honestly, I do it without thinking at all. I think waving to me is an innate function that's built into me like a reflex. My heart beats, my lungs inhale oxygen, my eyes blink, and my arm waves on its own. 
The problem is, is that I don't necessarily always know who I'm waving at. And of course I can't actually see who's coming and going, but I can hear vehicles moving in and out of my neighbor's driveways. I automatically assume that it's a neighbor, and before I can even realize it, I'm smiling and waving happily in their direction. The first time that I did this was years ago, when I initially had lost my sight and I couldn't see anything at all. Everything was really new, but I was outside with my husband and son as a neighbor was pulling out of their driveway. I looked in their direction, smiled and waved happily as I always had done previously. As they continued down the street, my husband let out a huge burst of laughter. He said, what are you doing? You should have seen the look on their faces. We just finished telling them that you can no longer see, and now you're standing there smiling and waving in their direction. Becky, you're confusing the hell out of them. I told them that I totally didn't realize that I was even waving until it was too late. My arm was already up in the air. And I'd always been taught to be respectful and acknowledge the people that are around you. That's a polite thing to do. I've tried to break this habit, but literally... Just last week, I was walking down the street with Lulu and my son. I heard a vehicle pull up in my next-door neighbor's driveway. So, I once again smiled and waved. Bennett then told me to put my arm down. Apparently, I was now waving at their Uber driver. The funny thing is, is that the week before, I had waved at my neighbor's Chinese food delivery man, a random student driver that was practicing parallel parking on our street, and several UPS drivers. But I choose to believe that there must have been a few legitimate waves to people that I actually know woven within my other encounters. If I would just stop the random waving, I know that it would end this rash of embarrassing blunders, but I really don't think it's going to happen. I'm just happy to be part of our little imperfect duo that allows me to simply be back out engaging with society on my own once again. Lulu's playful personality is such a good match with our family. The connection between a guide dog and their handler is totally indescribable. She comes everywhere with me. She has devoted her life to helping me enrich mine. And in return, all she wants is to be loved. Growing up, I never pictured my life pivoting in this direction. Not in my wildest dreams. Could I have ever imagined some of the scenarios that I had been faced with over the past eight years? I admit though, I did struggle for a while. And I am so grateful for all of the amazing people who stood right beside me. And I am very grateful for the dog that now walks beside me. Lulu is a gift that I've received that allows me to once again be the type of mom that I had always envisioned myself being, confident and hands-on. She allows me to once again be the wife that I once was, independent and contributing. She allows me to be a person that I'm proud to be, happy and full of life. I now believe that good can come from most scenarios, if you're willing to look. Then mix in some hard work, 
optimism and a willingness to acknowledge that you might not be able to do it all on your own. With an open heart and mind, you might even begin to once again recognize yourself and start to chase after your dreams. I've learned to never forget to appreciate what I have. And I've once again found happiness and I will never let it go. Today, I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with my guest, Jack Clarkson. I consider this conversation to be such a privilege because Jack was Lulu's puppy raiser. Lulu spent the first half of her life living with Jack and his family, and together they helped make Lulu into the amazing guide dog that she is today. So welcome to the show, Jack. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. My first question is, what made you interested in volunteering to become a guide dog puppy raiser? Well, I was sitting in front of the TV one day and saw an, an advertisement requesting volunteers. And uh, having recently retired, had some time on my hands. And I always have had dogs and like dogs. So I thought it was an interesting way to give something back to the community and fill my days and give me something to do. And made a joke to people that I applied for a job and they thought it was very funny. I didn't really know anything about the CNIB at the time or what I was getting into. And I also didn't really realize that I had volunteered my wife and to some extent my kids as well, because everyone helped a lot in raising Lulu and getting her to this point. What were some of your responsibilities as Lulu's puppy raiser? Well, the first responsibility is keeping the puppy healthy, happy, and safe. Um, You know, they have to grow up to an adult dog, and you don't want any kind of injury or anything that might disqualify them from their role as a guide dog. So that's the first thing. We do some training, but I I always tell people we don't teach them to be a guide dog. We just teach them to be a good dog. So starting with the basics, you know, sit, stay, heal, leave it, wait, all the things that you would teach your pet. And then there are some special things like going to the bathroom on command when and where told to. And a very important one of the difference between the vest on and working and the vest off and playing. A big part of it is exposing to um, all kinds of of experiences, sights and sounds, so they're not afraid of anything. Uh, Metal grating or busy traffic downtown or loud trucks or construction vehicles. Um, Just getting them comfortable around all of those things. And the most fun one of all is going out to places like restaurants and stores, etc. You know, Lulu was actually quite well known at the local Safeway store because she went there so often. And we always had assignments from the CNIB puppy raising supervisor. The CNIB was very, very good at guiding us through this whole year-long process, coming, coming and meeting with us and, and uh, giving us assignments and tasks to do and and helping us through the whole process. So they would, you know, tell us, okay, we've got to take them on bus rides or we're going to go on a trip to the library or 
One day we actually went to the airport and were able to get onto an airplane. We didn't get to fly anywhere, but we got to go on and squeeze into the tiny seats and see what that was like. Those were kind of the things that, you know, they kind of tell you about ahead of time. One of the things they don't tell you about is you become an ambassador for the CNIB. These dogs attract a lot of attention. So everywhere you go, people would be stopping and talking. So you spend a lot of time actually telling people about the guide dog program and the CNIB and what you're doing and what is this yellow vest on this puppy and why are they here in Costco and things like that. So those that kind of covers most of the things. You were doing something every day. It's really a seven-day-a-week for the whole 365 days. Yeah, you know what? We get stopped all the time, Lulu and I, when we're out and about, um, or just various comments as we're walking by or sitting someplace from total random strangers. But I can't imagine having her out as a puppy um, and the puppy cuteness factor on top of it all. And then she's in this neon yellow vest. So there's no hiding it either um, and slipping her in there. But I can't imagine how many conversations you would have had. So thank you so much for being such an amazing ambassador for the program and for taking Lulu everywhere. Um, It definitely paid off from my perspective. So I'm just wondering, is there a memory that makes you smile about Lulu or a story that you would be willing to share? Well, I I really struggled with this one the most because there are so many happy, wonderful memories and things to talk about. So I can't really just say one, but I'll give you a couple. One is just how happy she is. So our nickname for her was Wigglebum because she's happy and she wags her tail She wags her whole body, right from the ears back, not just her tail. She was very smart and easy to train, definitely the head of her class. You know, you would show her something two or three times, and she's she's got it. So, and and as you mentioned, she was so beautiful. Every man, everyone commented on her, her looks and how beautiful she was. Particularly her eyes. Someone once said. It was like she could see into your soul. The one thing she taught me was the importance of trust in in raising a dog. And we built up a very strong bond of trust. So, for example, I'm walking through the park around the lake one day with the puppy raising supervisor, Kezia. And we came up to a children's playground structure, you know, with with a slide and I made a, a joke about, oh, do you want Lulu to go down the slide? And she said, oh, there's no way she's not going to do that. And I said, well, I think she would if I asked her to. So she kind of dared me to do it. So she went up the stairs, no problem. And then she got at the top of the slide. She kind of looked at me with this look that said, are you sure about this? And I just said to her, yeah, it's okay. You can do it. And down the slide she went, much to Kezia's surprise, I think. So she really, she really trusted me, and that was a very, that was a very important thing not to ever violate that trust throughout the year that she spent with us. That was probably the most important thing that I took away from it. My last question is: What's it like for you to see Lulu now as a fully trained guide dog who's been matched with me? Well, first of all. I feel so fortunate and grateful that you keep in touch with me and that we share stories about her. 
not all puppy raisers are uh, that fortunate. So thank you very much. That is very important to me, and it's a wonderful part of the experience. First of all, it's it's kind of like your your kid going away to university and then getting a fantastic job somewhere, and you're so proud of them. You know, you miss them that they had to move away, but um, you are very proud. We're all very, very happy with the match that was made for Lulu and the fact that she she is with you and she still gets to go swimming and go boating and fishing and all the things that we did together that she loves so much rather than, you know, ending up in downtown Toronto and and seeing nothing but the big city or so on. I mean, she would do very well as a guide dog, but it's it's wonderful to see her being so uh, that she still gets to enjoy those things that she learned to enjoy with me. We have a lot of uh, joy in hearing and sharing your stories. The biggest downside to the puppy raising thing is that it's very hard to let them go. They're in your life for a, a whole year, and you really do fall in love with them, of course. And it's, it's far more than even a pet, because they go everywhere with you. Your pet stays home, but the, the guide dog in training goes to the grocery store, goes to the doctor, goes everywhere with you. So they're, they're really, really attached. And I kind of I feel the way this is a little bit like being an organ donor because you're giving away a piece of your heart and, and helping somebody else with it. And so hearing, seeing and hearing what a difference Lulu makes in your life has made the whole thing so much rewarding for me and makes me want to do it all again. And, and it makes a big difference to everybody else too, my family and all my friends who Lulu made a very, very big impression on everyone I know who met her. And they all still love to hear stories about her how she's doing. So thank you for sharing with me. And that brings us to the end of this episode of The Blind Reality. I'd like to send a big heartfelt thank you to Mr. Jack Clarkson for taking such amazing care of Lulu when she was just a puppy. And as always, I'd like to thank my family for their continued love and support. This episode is dedicated to all the amazing Puppy Raiser volunteers to the devoted guide dog trainers, as well as to each individual who takes time to donate to the various guide dog programs around the country. Together, please know that all of your contributions do make a difference in real people's lives. This episode was written and produced by me, Becky Zarr. Technical production was provided by AMI-audio's Nasreen Abdel-Majid, and the manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Remember, if you need a hand, get it. If you can give a hand, give it. Thanks for listening.